We'll make this a quick one. Emblem cast. Mythical emblem cast. Yeah, boy. The Fire Emblem episode. The spur. The first ever idea I had about doing the show. Get out of here. Now, first off, I'm going to cut you off. Of course. Do you have any friends that you can talk to about Fire Emblem with? No. Me either. Oh, cool. Sweet. Perfect. Yes. (laughs) Cool. The ideal thing here. Yeah, if I draft together a nice video about this, like turn this turn this audio into like a nice nice vid with some of these ideas, if I sketch them out, might just like fucking forward that to Mangs. Might hit up might hit up the emblem media people on uh, Mangs. Twitter. Mangs, Fargast, Excelblem, the boys, the other guy who does the skits. Mecca. Mecca, all the those those people. That could be nice. But um uh, before I before I start with the uh, my ideas for the game building, let's talk about the state of one of our favorite uh, franchises of video games, Fire Emblem. I think it's not in a good place, which is yeah. why I'm so eager to talk about this. So, romances have taken over relationships, and per- so last game I played was Three Houses. But I also yep. didn't finish all the routes at the time. Hey, oh, back in it. Back in it. Sorry about that. Anyway. You Did played, anything save? Uh, the whole beginning of it saved. You were saying you played Black Eagles. <laughs> yes. Last fire. I'm talking about the state, of the state of the franchise. So I enjoyed new things. I enjoyed the out of mission. Um, just hanging around. The monastery? The monastery. It's great. It's great. Got, got to see all, all of your characters, you know, just hang. I loved it. I wanted to do everything in it. I did do everything. But there was no, there was, it was too big. It took too long to travel around. I enjoyed it. I, uh, you know, I was saying in our last pod that my dream game was an open world, but you can play a sort of football game, basketball game. And this was the open world, a large open world. With the strategic battles and yeah, I teaming up is not a new thing a- anymore. Uh, but it was one of, actually one of my first games where I had it and played the whole game through. Uh, I you know it makes sense, and I uh, agree with it, I guess, but. I'm I'm just I like the nostalgia of the Radiant Dawn, Path of Radiance, just solo combat. But I think uh it was like a cool storyboard idea where you could choose your paths and you know, play the game how you wanna play it. I j I think it's just a very solid game all around. Three I mean, houses. I think I think three houses is solid as well. However, I think it has a lot of the issues that all of the current games are facing. I think the biggest problem Fire Emblem has right now is the influence of anime. Uh-huh. Both in its art style, its, its aesthetic, its writing quality, voice acting quality. Mm-hmm. Starting to become ve- it's starting to become too Japanese. Like the the appeal of Fire Emblem when we were kids or before it became massively popular in the West, back when it was like who's this red-haired sword guy in in and Smash Bros. What the fuck is this? Was that it was a it was a Japanese take 
on European-style fantasy. And now there's... We're, one, kind of losing that visual aesthetic because everything's becoming too bright and colorful. The character models have this weird texture on them where everything is, like, shiny, but it's also 2D. And they're, they're, the motion framing is really weird. Like, the, the 3D hit its peak in Fire Emblem, in my opinion, in uh, Awakening. Awakening and Fates, because those ran on the same engine. I wish they were home console games, because they had, like, perfect, perfect visual style. Um, scaled down, like, they still kept the um, the pixel sprites, which I'm a huge fan of. I wish that was the um, the standard to go off of for all of the overworld map stuff. They kept the pixel sprites... A little bit more colorful aesthetic than previous games. A little bit more child-friendly and stuff. Because it's on the 3DS. That was very clearly marketed to a certain audience. But then it gets this mass appeal. And then you see this wave of, like, fucking anime influence coming over. It's like, why is everything becoming, like, Naruto? Why does everything look like One Piece? I don't get it. We caught uh, a fucking uh, Lost Eidolons trailer. Moving more towards, like, the semi-realism visual aesthetic. And I wish that wasn't, I mean, props to those guys. That looks like it's going to be an incredible game. I'm giving it a shot. And I, I wish I wish it had the budget to be of like a AAA studio because there's just little things in there that's like, this is clearly an indie game still. Like the the stiffness of the facial rigs, um, little frame drops during the cutscene transitions, stuff like that. It doesn't have the same exact charm because it's not the same series, but I think that is honestly going to be looked upon better if it catches uh, like a wave of popularity. Because Fire Emblem's Fire Emblem's like uh, um, like great purpose aside from the obviously the gameplay and the you know the stat building, the character building is the stories that it tells are are all about like war mm. and. Um, the reason characters have colored hair and armor and like um, stylized uh, portraits is so that you can tell them apart. And then when they tell stories about how they're affected by something as serious as war, it's really striking because you have a, a distinct visual to go with that. But then we have the modern aesthetic where it's getting too poppy, it's getting too bright. There's so much, uh, like, there's so much, so many flares and light sources. And uh, fucking visual effects, special effects happening. It's too much. Like every time, every time I'm seeing trailers for um, Engage, it's looking more and more generic. On top of the fact that it's like an anniversary game, so you're getting they're trying to retread the nostalgia of like all the old characters coming back through the rings and stuff. Nostalgia is a killer right now. But then they like when the camera swoops in on one overly stylized character and they have like a swooshing visual effect go behind them. A spark come off the ring. They say their stupid anime line and then an old character comes out. Like that is not the charm and heart of the series that we grew up with. Like and I mean we're super biased towards Radiant Dawn. That's still my favorite in the series. I think that's the best game in the series by far. Overall though. Yeah. But that was right that was in the according to the fire. According to the community, but they're wrong because like that was in the middle of its life cycle. And it deserves more respect. It does deserve respect. I don't even think it needs a remake. I think if you just like fucking They don't like it because um of the like Radiant Dawn playthrough, how they're all under leveled at the end game and 
That's what, like, that was the heart of it. It's about war. It's difficult. It's not supposed to be. You're supposed to be frustrated the whole time. That's what makes the story valuable. Those missions were the hardest because Dane was just shit. Dane was so bad. And But, yeah, it made every move that much more difficult. And, yeah, I mean, you don't look forward to those missions, but you need you need some of those. I mean, they could have done without the bridge. Yeah, going... The going, bridge part two. Going across the bridge two ways is not fun. You know, it's not a perfect game. You can always pick it apart. I, you know, I try to take bias out of it. It's impossible, but I, I, I try to pick it apart. But it's just so much better than what they're putting out now. And it is. I, yeah, all the, all the visual things you touched on. I, uh, I'm not a fan, but I understand. That's just the way things are going, and I try not to be the old. Yeah. It was so much better in my day. But you know, it just was. Well, we did. We hit the and, peak. We hit the we hit the peak mm-hmm. of. Uh, think about think about how Eidolons just has more of the. Uh, look of those games it's kind of it's kind of grimy in like a in like a realistic sense grimy is the right word i think the characters are not super visually distinct we haven't played Mm -hmm. the game yet i think all the trailers it's like too game of thronesy in a way where it's real people so i i loved game of thrones to death when it was airing and for about a year after it ended even though it was horrible at the end um but i only through watching the show did I get to know who all the characters were. And then it's been over a year since I've watched any of the episodes and I've lost the names of most of the main characters. I think you can avoid that with a nice visual aesthetic, which most of Fire Emblem has up until... I think even in... Uh, no, because in Three Houses, after the time skip, I think the characters are a bit over-designed. And I understand that they're all like lords... Or like uh, fucking giant house regents and representatives from like fucking uh, senate senators and all that, which how they end up at the academy. So they're gonna be all fancy dressed when they come back after the time skip. But the the sleek sort of um, uh, like the academy clothes, like the academy uniform from the monastery in the first part of the game really gave way to let, like, the colorful hair and hair designs and eyes and all that shit sort of pop because you can't over-design that. You have a base sort of model, you put a character silhouette underneath it, cover it in those same clothes, and then you're really only playing with the head and hair, mm-hmm. the, the face and hair. And then you kind of just get to play with the personality a bit more after that because they're not wearing their personality on their sleeve anymore. Uh, I mean, the only one you could probably tell what his character was going to be ahead of time was fucking Raphael because he's literally popping out of his buttoned-up shirt and he's this ginormous beefcake guy with a chiseled-ass jawline. And then the game goes on and they come back and they look too distinct from each other. Like, none of the colors match anymore. There's no unifying trend amongst these people. Like, um, the reason I don't think, like, the the... Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn characters, the Tellius series characters are over-designed is because their armor, all of it has, like, all of it goes in the same direction. Like, their shoulder pads, chest plates, um, the collar plates underneath the chest plates. They all kind of have, like, the same trim style. They all kind of move in the same direction. You can tell that, like, um, heavy-armored characters like Gaetri and, and Tyronio, like, they have additional plating on top of the standard set the of stuff from that, just... that kind of... Um, set of armor 
So it it has like a tie. It has like a unifying tie, and then there's just differing colors and character design underneath that like standard set, and that's what gives it like that's what makes them unique. It's not that they're all like my new OC thrown into a fucking thrown into a game, and then even the visual style in combat, right? Like, uh, three houses critical animations too much for me. I think it. Tellies didn't have it perfect. I think uh, Awakening and Fates had it perfect. Even um, even uh, Echoes, where like there's a character flash and then it cuts across like them their eyes cut across is saying something. Mm-hmm. That's how you know a critical hit is happening, as opposed to like the screen darkening a little bit. There's a little trish, and then critical shows in the corner. Yep. It's a little underwhelming. The noise is cool. The animations are nice, but it's a little underwhelming. So if we could hit a perfect middle ground there, that'd be nice. And then, um, yeah, it's just, there's the, the, the romances, the time skips, like it, it makes time the, skips, it makes time the characters artificial. Like it's just not Stop. fun. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's the thing I was kind of building my ideal game in my head off of is like removing those sort of problems. But if there's anything else you'd like to say about the start of the series or the state of the series, I'll kind of move. I, yeah, no, that uh, I agree with everything you said. I uh, just give us a war, give us characters that we can follow, enjoy, and see them grow. Well, yeah, uh, it's not too difficult, I don't think. Mm. Uh, three houses criticals were shit. Three I, houses criticals sucked ass. I, I back you up there, um, and they were easy to get. Yeah. I mean, if if you grind in that game, <clears throat> it's very it's too easy. Simple. It's too easy. Uh, and I'm all about the grind if I have the opportunity. The latest game in the franchise that I actually had trouble with on the normal difficulty was uh, Echoes, was the remake of Gaiden, and luckily that didn't have as much grinding because the map was a lot like the overworld map was a lot smaller and it was kind of linear. So when things kind of spawned and popped up, you had to run into them to go into certain directions. So you're kind of disin- um, de-incentivized from grinding on the world map over and over again. However, like that's, it was still, I don't know, it just, there was, there was something lacking. But anyway, I have an ideal or a, a type of game that I would like to see move in more of a direction that I think... I mean, Lost Eidolon is not going to go in this exact direction because it's kind of going to be more grounded. I think it'll be closer to, like, uh, Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings style. It's going to hit some of your checkpoints. It's going to hit some of my checkpoints, but I have some things that I would like to see. Um, There's some bad things or some uh, uh, misused things from the sort of misdirected games in the franchise, which are Fates and Awakening that I would like to take part of and make part of some of the better stuff, which I liked from, like, the Tellius games, um, uh, Blazing Sword, um, FE7, Sacred Stones, all that, and the earlier ones. I really just want to kind of boil down all the stuff that I liked between the first English release game, which was uh, FE7, and then Awakening, and skim out all of the other stuff. So... My ideal game has like a Tellius style art style inspired by the same sort of world. I want to bring back Laguz and Bjork. Yes. Call them them whatever you want. I think 
in in newer games, like the shape shifting animal people are becoming a gimmick class, mm-hmm. and with the uh, easy availability of class changing everyone, they're you're so disincentivized to actually keep someone as the class that they start in because they're not actually the that's not actually the best class for them anymore because you can just change it with every game. Mm-hmm. So we're no class, um, no no reclassing. We're getting rid of second seals. In my perfect game, we're getting rid of second seals. Uh, three classes again for class changing people, but that's going to be rare. So the premise of my game here, um, I haven't drawn the map up yet, but so we're gonna have we're gonna have a lot of Lagoos nations, a lot of them, and we're gonna get a couple of different more animal types in there, and then humans, lobster. <laughs> no, uh, we, I don't think we're gonna get any like crustacean type good type things. Um, Humans or Bjork, massive minority. We're gonna flip the Tellius syndrome, where like the small like thirty percent of all things was Lagoos. Mm-hmm. We're gonna make the massive majority, ninety percent of the world, all animal shifters. Okay, um, interesting. Ten percent of people are gonna be Bjork, regular humans. That's gonna be your starting party. So you're. Your your Dawn Brigade or your uh, Grail Mercenaries, your Knights of Sidonia, whatever the fuck you want to call them, is going to be a small ragtag group. You're going to get your your class people basically, and then um, throughout the game, I want pretty much every character you encounter and add to your party be a potential animal shifter with a secondary human class, right? Okay. So like you're going to get like um, in my perfect game, if I'm rebuilding. I have to use Tellius as an example because I don't have all the characters yet. But I mean, like, uh, let's say let's say Renolf, right? Let's say Renolf joins your party early in this game. You have like a cat person, but he'd have like a every character would have like a sidearm option that kind of stays equipped as like a small damage uh, doer, so that you you're never like caught off guard. Because that's how real war was. Mm-hmm. You know, you had your spear, your shield, your short sword, or if you were carrying a long sword, your spear was for throwing. It was, or it was just barely longer than your sword, so that you had a range. Um, you had a range weapon, Making and like it was inept in man-to-man combat. Yeah, that was, was not a, the right move. That was not the right move. But it, it, they had to be done to nerf them. Yeah, and then um, yeah. So, and like uh, uh, like archers who were at castle lines when that shit got sieged, like they would have swords and stuff, or there would be like a line of spearmen, like. They, People weren't reduced to just one weapon. Um, and that's an important aspect of war where people are kind of trained in like a generalized thing. And then you kind of find your specific niche after that when you get good at one particular thing. So everybody should have like a sidearm, either like a small hand axe um, or like a short sword or a dagger or something. And then you have uh, alternate classes for animal shifters. Because that's mostly what your party's going to be comprised of, right? So let's say Renolf, uh, in this version of this fake Fire Emblem game, he's your you have a, him as a cat, and then he would also play the role of like say Soth when he's unshifted, right? So he'd be your he'd be your stalker, he'd be your thief kind of character, um, all that sort of stuff, and then you sort of balance out the like massive damage element of one side where he turns into his big cat form and now you can just tear through people with him because he's quick 
high damage, double double hits all the time. But now he doesn't have opposable thumbs, so he can't do lock picking. Right? That's so, so that's that's kind of how everything would balance itself out in my mind. Yeah. And so I'm thinking uh starting area is just outside of um one of the animal people kingdoms. I don't want to call them lagoos because this shouldn't this is not Intellius. So I want this to be its own thing, but I'm just using it as an example. I don't have a name for these animal people yet, so I'm just going to keep calling them that. So humans have been uh, reduced in number well below because of dragon supremacists. Dragons, naturally the largest in stature. So uh, among all these shifting animals, they're going to stay relatively the same size as the animal that they turn into. So like humans to big cats is not that big of a shift. So, like, you just, for a lion, like Canangus, you just have a huge buff dude turn into a normal-sized lion. Mm-hmm. But dragons are fucking huge. So, they're, like, eight, nine feet tall people. Anyway, they're these big berserker crusaders. And um, they're, like, anti-human. They're, like, they can't turn into animals. They can't yada yada. They're, that's their politics. No gods necessary. No holy weapons. No nothing. So, your, your lord, your blue-haired lord, his name's going to be Greeth. I want him, his name's going to be Greeth, G-R-E-I-T-H. Yeah. Normal blue-haired boy. His falchion is just, um, it's just the falchion. It's not a holy weapon. It just is a sword that pierces dragon scales. And it's very sharp, does, like, poking damage, like most lords in, like, uh, like fucking Smash Bros, like Marth's. Sacred stones. Sacred stones, yeah. Um, and that gives a justification for... Uh, rapiers being a lord exclusive weapon because the falchion is like it stabs through dragon scales so you're you're not going to slash with it to kill a dragon you're going to stab with it so the sword that you'd use to practice that would be thin and fucking stab based and then uh, a various amount of other regular humans who would be like like they join grief no no create a character no no more create a character you're going to get a band of characters no player insert. You just have to watch the story with the characters you control. Like and then... Um, but they, like, have to do create a character now. I don't think they should. I think it's a stupid endeavor. Honestly, I think Engage might be moving away from that. I don't see... Like, that character is super over-designed. I don't see a way you make that customizable. And they haven't really included that in any of the trailers. Byleth wasn't... I mean, you might be able to rename Alti- yeah. Altier or whatever the, the dragon's name is supposed to be. But, I mean, Byleth wasn't super customizable. Yeah, male, female. Option. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. But no, uh, Greece is always going to be a male. He's going to be your he's going to be your main lord. What country have humans been reduced to? Right? What what animal people have they been sent to live with? The only people who accept them, dogs, because dogs are always oh, a man's best man. friend. So you're going to get your starting party. Uh, very oh. similar, very similar to Radiant Dawn. Your first couple chapters are going to be, you know, Greece as your lord. Uh, one more sword boy, an archer, a mage, a heavy artillery guy, and a healer. Maybe a soldier, I don't know. And then one or two wolves, because those would be the people. So it's like Greece called to action. It's like, hey, we're going to fucking let our people flourish again because the dragons have started taking lands that don't belong to them from other countries. So I think maybe if we can sort of throw our name in the hat, we can kind of pile everybody together. All the other countries take their their lands back from these invading dragons and then maybe we kind of just carve out ourselves a little Israel situation right in the middle of the country it's away from everybody but so that humans can flourish without with 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 that where everybody can have an equal share of the population again 
Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, so you'll go around to your different countries. I think it could be sort of open world again, but um, I think it should be like, uh, what's the word for this? I don't really know. Like inverted, um, inverted hourglass almost, where it starts out in one place and you can branch out into all these other places, but the dragon country... Or the dragon, maybe let's say they're like from another continent or like an Australia type island and they just kind of made settlement on the continent and started taking shit over. I don't know. But it should always lead back to one place, right? So you should be able to go out and do sort of Mass Effect style diplomacy among people to recruit different party members from all these countries or start war with them. I don't care. I mean, the cast of characters should be really big anyway. So go out, talk your shit. And uh, recruit people if you want, story. make it your own, yeah. Um, but, it, th- I mean, yeah, there should be variable room in that middle space where you choose which countries to go out to. And uh, we'll have, like, a big uh, character relationship web and fucking we'll apply that onto this, the world map so that you can see who's related to who in different countries. So if you burn bridges with these people over here... The East Coast is their trading port on the other side of the continent, so you shouldn't even bother going to Raven Country because you just burned bridges with the lions, yada yada. That'd make it a lot more variable, a lot more fun. Give like weight to your actions. Yeah. Um, but there should be a bunch of animal races. I don't. I think it might be maybe two continents, maybe three, a small one, uh, on the bottom or something where I don't know some story event happens. But I think we get your big cats. Your big cats can always ally together. Um, your dogs, so your wolves, pretty much. I think we might throw some like uh, demented people in there. We'll throw some hyenas, maybe some coyotes as like lesser lackeys. The same way, because though in Tellius there was just wolves, and but there was a lot of big cats. You had lions, tigers, cats, and well, that was it really. But need some more. You need some more variety in there. So that would give that would give character variety as well as unit variety. Yeah. Where each one has its own strengths and weaknesses. So I mean, in the in the dog type nation, you got your wolves, where your big bads or your big good guys, I guess. Um, hyenas could be a little off the rocker, but they could have like high luck, or like they could be your critical arts people, um, or fuck it, maybe even magic, maybe dark magic or something for dogs. I don't know. And then uh, coyotes, little pack hunters, they'll be kind of your like your battalions, maybe, like or or command uh, to be under the command of your wolves, and then your big cats, obviously. So your lions, your tigers, I mean, you can even throw, among your big cats, you can even throw subclasses in, because lions can just be commanders or kings or whatever, and then, you know, your jaguars can be strong, um, your tigers can be sturdy in defense, um, your cheetahs can be really fast, yada yada. Birds Nation, Birds Nation could probably be up in the mountains, or maybe like a forested area, where they're kind of off the ground, like making nest civilizations. That'd be very interesting for um, like a combat scenario where you can't just go anywhere and where there'd be like a lot of roadblocks or like terrain where you build like a tree line sort of battle network. But I don't know. Birds, as as far as birds, you got your predatory birds, you got your hawks, um, eagles, falcons, um, owls, maybe even. Uh, and then you can kind of you can kind of get your weirdo shit in there, like your fucking peacocks, flamingos, emus. Um, yeah. Maybe not too much flightless stuff. We'll keep like swans and all that. We'll we'll delegate specialties to them later. Um, 
And they're dragons. Obviously, you can't forget about the dragons. I don't think there has to be too many different types. Maybe we'll keep the color system to indicate different strengths or types. Or wings versus no wings. Wyverns, drakes, dragons, all the, those stuff. And then I want to throw primates in there. Ooh. I think it could be a good um, moral dilemma in this fictional world to have like gorillas and apes and chimps sort of band together but draw a hard distinction between humans and them mm. in an inverse where like in real life we kind of round up and put into zoos and, and enclosures and uh, that shit like we put gorillas and chimps and apes there and then we study them and then we kind of look down from maybe be, it maybe just be like a nice um, reflection of, of societal views um, and then I don't I don't think I want to do like crustaceans or fish or anything uh, maybe Maybe I think like sea so much inspiration. I think if we do like an island on the south, there could be like a seafaring naval style military of like sharks or dolphins or something like that. I'm still flirting around with that idea, but I don't exactly know how I want it to go. But yeah, so that's that's kind of the main story of or main idea of where I want all these things to go. Uh, If I mock all this up, I'll draw it out later and then I'll kind of just use different cuts from this episode. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Yeah. You didn't mention time traveling your children into present day so they can fight alongside you. Because we don't need it, man. All right. We don't need it. No. no. <laughs> uh, Our style is going to be simple, not too much color. We want to ground everything in sort of a flat, neutral tones, and then add just mild colors to, for character differentiation. We're going to we're going to find a middle a middle ground in critical animations between Radiant Dawn. Awakening, where you get the initial brighter sort of white flash and maybe sort of like frame stop from Awakening. But then we're going to throw the little the word critical down there. We'll darken the screen a little bit. We're not going to throw your character's face up and have them say a stupid line. Yep. They're just going to do something flashy with their sword, shoot a nice wave, yada yada. It, it sounds like a great game. And then there's... Something we would love. <laughs> We would definitely love it. There's two things for... I mean, supports would just be the way they were in the old games. Like, two characters fight near each other in your base camp or in the open world. You can kind of have them talk to each other. Supports will functional functionally the same with no marriage. There are two gameplay things I wanted to talk about in particular. Because I think having an open world style game like that where you kind of need... Um, you need your choices to have weight, especially when you're putting an army together for stuff like this. I think the characters need to be a bit more all well-rounded, or um, maybe the things that they provide are more are more character-driven. Like maybe your maybe your medic people are also like front linesmen, yada yada. Instead of just like uh, having shitty attack stats and high magic, they're also really good at like fucking L thunder from mm. the start. So that you kind of, like, because that's what everyone would do. Everybody can get attacked. Everybody can attack. Anybody can retreat. Yep. So I want the characters to be a bit more well-rounded. So you get your humans who are a bit more specialized in the weapons. You get your animals who can shift into other classes or who, whose human forms have uh, different classes than just being the unshifted version of that animal. And then um, I want to bring pair up back, but not in the way that it was implemented where you can just put anybody, any two people together and have their, um, their attacks be like fucking doubled and shit yeah. and have them defend or sometimes include a secondary attack. 
So pair up, I want to be based on um, constitution or character size. And it's mostly going to be for shifted versus unshifted characters. I want you to be able to make a specific unit. I think mount, mounted units, no need for them. Make pair up be the mounting, right? So oh, you have wow. a, maybe you have a, a strong uh, over-leveled, I don't know, let's say wolf character. Um, and uh, an unlucky but reliable sword wielder, right? Shift your wolf. Have your sword wielder hop on his back. That is now one acting unit. They'll share experience a little bit, um, but because the other character that's being ridden is now no longer enacting attack or defense, they're just being used as a vessel to increase like movement speed or rate. Right? Um, like they get a little bit of experience in the character riding that does the combat, does a lot more experience. But like say, say you have like a a, a fucking foot soldier. With like six, I don't know how map how big the maps are going to be. I think they need to be a little bit smaller than Radiant Dawn maps for the variety of stuff that that ideally would be in this type of game. But um, let's say you have like a foot soldier with like five or six movement, and a wolf with like nine. Um, pair that fucking guy up over onto the wolf. Well, maybe because of the weight he's carrying, his movement goes down to eight. But now this original unit's movement is up by two and if you need him to be across the map for something to say talk to another character on the battlefield if there's character exclusive dialogue interaction there fucking now he's carried way faster um and the but the cutaway is that like you're not you no longer have two usable units you're combining their forces to make one uh viable offensive or ranged attacker sort of um and then the other thing i wanted to to get into his magic because i think that the pair-ups is kind of its own thing i think that could we might have like multi-stage um or like two dimensions of combat like how there was uh sky maps in the tellius games where like only flying units were allowed i think if you make like a 3d chess sort of thing where moving up and down like on let let case ledges um how that is one movement on its own if you're up in the air or you're attacking with like a bow or something, there can be two different um, dimensions of combat. And then, you, you know, if your birds are big enough, maybe you can have um, them be mounted as well and have like a fucking, I don't know, sh- shooters up in the sky or fucking sword wheelers up in the sky. That's just a cool concept that hasn't really been played with before. The other thing I want to do is, is change magic dramatically. Um, I think you can keep... Uh, I'll make them some different other distinct sort of thing, but you can keep tomes in general. Um, I think uh, uh, Tellius is like elemental affinities for support for character supports between each other was underutilized because all those affinities pretty much were one to one to a magical element in the game. And there are characters with a magic stat that can't be reclassed, that have no access to magic weaponry at all, right? Like, Gaytree has no access to any... There's no magic lance, there's no sidearms or anything he can use, but he has a magic stat, and it's fucking... It's going to go up, like, five points along the process of the game. So I think if you can increase the amount of magic weapons there are, right? So let's take... uh, There were those cards. There were those cards, but those weren't really affected by the character stats. They kind of just did a flat damage against... Based on... 
his magic. It would have was done. it based on his magic? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, I mean, still, that can be interestingly worked on, but let, well, let's <laughs> fuck it. Let's say that they're fucking cards. Let's say that they channel magic or something. You equip it as a sidearm onto, say, um, an iron sword, and that can be sort of your combat art, where you take the card, slide it along your blade, boom, now you got a flame sword. Now, this, instead of taking away your health, because I don't like combat arts taking away your health, I think that's a stupid thing, it should take away from the weapon's durability, because maybe channeling magic is something that a weapon can do, but it, it takes away from its lifespan. So, uh, no need for, no need for um, holy weapons like Ragnell or Allendite to be shooting waves. I think all swords and spears and axes should be shooting those fucking ranged waves, and that'll do your magic damage. Um, and then... Do that for close range attacks, and um, it should override. It should uh, whichever stat is higher. Well, and this is, I mean, because this is still in the fucking concept phase, but um, inflict just like a status ailment, like a burn or something. We don't really see burns too often from enemy attacks. The only thing we get to see is really venom weapons or poison, which can also be a type of magic. Um, but yeah, fucking arrows should should deal fucking elemental damage sometimes. Swords, axes, lances, knives, and sidearms. Um, I think really like the only thing like the animal shifters. I think they shouldn't really get like a magic thing for their animal forms because I don't see a way where you can make part of your biology kind of have magic in it if it's like not part of you already. Um, but that's subject to change. And yeah, that that's pretty much my idea. And I want it to be. I want it to be more, I think really the only color I'm going to be using is maybe accents of the armor and the hair. Maybe I'll throw in some weird eye colors in there. But I don't want any of those poppy sort of over-designed like fucking clown. The 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 Agarthans from Three Houses looked like literal clowns. Um, and on top of that, their armor was over, over-designed. The guy who killed uh, uh, Geralt, was that his name? Dad's name? Geralt. Geralt, yeah. Geralt is... Wait, Geralt of Rivia Geralt from Rivia. <laughs> Geralt. Okay. Was was dad's name from from Three Houses. <laughs> that was his name. Um Yeah, she looked like a literal clown and she had those weird like fucking floating tendrils or whatever yep. coming out of the backside of her outfit. I think that was stupid. So, we'll get sort of mute, more muted armor, like more leathers or like studded sort of stuff. Like uh minimalized characters. And then the, the unique visual flair should pretty much just come from, like, um, like cultural bits. Like, the differences in outfit styles. It's kind of already what you got with Radiant Dawn. Like, the cats dress very minimally. Uh, the birds, the, the crows dress in, like, sleek black. They basically, like, wear suit and ties. And um, the birds, like, the hawks have, like, uh, uh, earrings and tapestry. They're, like, kind of Native American get up sort of stuff but those were like cultural flares without being over designed so I think that's really all we have to go for for a visual aesthetic and I don't have a title a working title we may revisit this in a year because I want to I'll make something out of this thoughts and uh and also what does your does your ideal game look anything different from that um yeah I mean there's a lot to touch on there starting out um just go to like the the idea that most people should be Lagoos. In most games, it's Bjork or humans bad. Yeah, 
And I think that is an interesting idea to switch that up. But, yeah, I don't, personally, I don't, I didn't like the missions where I had to kill majority of Lagoos. Um, oh, the feral ones and all? Humans, yeah. way that, you know, games have just been going about it for years. And then there's a few monster fights. But, uh, yeah, so that's an interesting creative choice. And if you're doing it for a game, uh, I'm not going to say, like, you, you can't make that because it seems fun. Um, and, yeah, I, I mentioned it briefly, but, like, yeah, the animal kingdom can bring about so much inspiration for classes. And, um, yeah, the, the water route is interesting, but you can't just leave. Um, oh, like marine life yeah. in terms of yeah, which because there still would Dawn be fucking did. fish and stuff. Yeah, um, you know, three houses touched upon the bear unit. I think there could, there's inspiration there, like a cold cold weather. Yeah, the bears. Yeah, polar yeah, yeah. bear. You know, forgot uh, about bears. Yeah, bears. That'd be they'd be important. They'd be your big brawlers. Uh, yeah, there's just there's um so much you can do with that. And whatever is done, I feel like people will, will be fine with as long as they're, I know, uh, units that are bitches. Triangle. We're bringing Weapon Triangle back. Sure. I'm three houses that. had no Weapon Triangle. That so three houses, their tomes were unlimited too, right? Or no? No. Didn't they just like have Thunder as like a... So they had the, the minor ones, yeah. But okay. the... The higher ranked ones, I think. Well, had, I like. Um, I don't like believe like a book should just break after a certain amount of uses. I think magic should be learned. Um, yeah, and you should just be able to use it whenever. Um, the idea, I think, humans, um, humans being allowed to, you know, put um, augmentations onto their weapons, but lagoos can't. I think that's a little we- weird. Like. I do believe humans should have some boost because they are at a major major disadvantage. disadvantage yeah. But like, what's the rationale for a, a, a lagoos not being able to modify theirs? Just yeah. So yeah, not sure about that. Um, pairing up in general was always confusing for me. I never finished a game with that on on the DS. I think it should be anything. closer to like rescue. Where it's kind of like a nerf for the thing that's carrying, but it's a buff for the person who's being carried. But also, if like you're carrying a person, you still have availability to... Like, if you've seen the ride of Rohirrim from Lord of the Rings, the horses are doing most of the work there. Even a though. lot of it, yeah. So, if like the horses after that battle wouldn't get a little bit of experience. They would get the lion's share. Uh, so, if you're riding a lion... I feel like they would get the lion's share of the experience because they would be doing the majority of the, you know, they still got their claws. They still still got access to their jaw. Yeah. Um, I think taking away... But it away, would just be tough to... Taking away defending. Like maybe raise um, evasion or something if you're targeting the person who's riding like the lion or something. Okay. But no, uh, no like hopping in to just block a hit for free. On yeah. like a chance or like on a meter. Yeah, that's that weird. was dumb. Yep. Agreed. That's unreliable and it doesn't make any sense from a gameplay or a story perspective. Yeah. Um pair up is conf- yeah, I don't have a lot to uh recommend there. I just 
you know, the Radiant Dawn way of just everyone solo was the way for me. Uh, it, but it does seem improved. Um, yeah, if, if, if I have a companion next to me that uh, is a lion and, and they can help me out, I'm going to use them. I'm not just going to, you know, go my separate way. So pairing up, I, I get the idea. It's just there hasn't been the perfect game for it yet. Yeah. And then uh, um, cutscenes can be cutscenes, but... Gotta have them. Uh, outside of gameplay in terms of story stuff, I want to um, go back to no more 3D models during dialogue. Three houses, get that shit out of there. Um, okay. Echoes didn't do it, and Echoes was fully voice acted with character portraits. That's the peak right there. Sure. So maybe Easier. maybe full body. Less time spent on those cutscenes. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's the quality is like very much showing how low it is because there's minor camera movement while the character is saying something, yep. and then there's no auto scrolling, uh, or there is auto scrolling, but you can just ha- you can turn that off and then just let the camera linger there. And there's these unnatural breaks in conversation. We're not saying to get rid of dialogue here. We read every line. Of course, we should we should absolutely keep it. Yeah, but having um, it's so hacky just to have two people standing and just going, oh yeah, while they're speaking. Yeah, and, like an unnecessary animation of them going up and down to yeah. emote the thing that they're saying. I think just like swap the drawing out or change the facial um, reaction. No need to keep. Uh, no need to make it like DS style where you can only fit. Um, pretty much like a medium shot of the head down to like the lower chest uh, so that the only thing you're swapping out is the faces. I think maybe draw full, maybe draw like uh, down to the waist so that you can get a bit more stylish in the posing. It's like Shinon always had his hand on his hip. Always. Like when he's talking to, when he's talking to people and he's giving them his, that back sass or he's being racist about Lagoose, he's got his hand on his hip. Adds character. It's when way more character. It's, it's more important than, uh, or it's more, it's more, stylish or noticeable than mm-hmm. just like changing the facial animations or maybe just fucking shake the portrait but and then you can take those character portraits away and show like a fucking painted scene like um like the characters all at the round table observing a map and then p- fucking throw the portraits back in and yada yada it's a bit more it's a bit more ideal for storytelling um but yeah, that was my that was my whole idea. That's I just realized I got everything out that I want to do. Nice. And yeah, we should head over to the Kovaches. But anything else do you want to finish with? No. All right, that was Mischief Mini Emblem Cast. That was fun. Sick.